program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the sport of kings. It's hot out. It's hot in the Midwest. It's hot in the West. It's going to be hot in the east. It's hot out. It's summer. Don't come crying to me when it's about two foot of snow out. It is hot. Speaking about hot, Winning Ponies is hot. Big doings, as always, on the Winning Pony front. They're doing incredibly well. And as always, it is never too late to get on board. 5.6 in exotic prediction payoff. (laughs) That's smoking. That's just flat out smoking. I mean, I know, who is this guy? You see, sitting there talking about the numbers, the prediction payoffs. What this is is actually payoffs if you would have wagered what they would have paid and what they paid with their predictions anyway. They want you to know, honestly, they don't change, and they don't switch up. That's the best part about it. Good, bad, or indifferent, they put it out there for you, and they want you to know. Best way to do business. Hot weather crossed. So stay cool, bet with your head, not over it this weekend, as my friend Johnny Inglehart would say. So just tie it down, get yourself a cool beverage, an adult beverage, if permissible. Before we really, really get kicking, I want to talk about special people. I'm in a, a very unique position where I get to work with some, some great young people. That means I'm an old man. Yep, I'm an old man, but I'm proud of it is it sure beats the alternative. I was talking to my dad today, who's an older man, but I think he's a little smarter too. But I'm in a unique position because I have some interns that actually work with me. I never use the term work for me. I like working with me. We're a team. And to throw them out there, there's Ryan, there's Javier, Danielle, Lauren, all four do a terrific job at Little River Downs Racecourse in southeast Ohio. But someone who's really kind of caught my eye here, one of my interns in particular, one of our interns, I hate the word my, is Ryan. Now, Ryan's starting to get involved. I was talking to my dad about it today. He said, ah, you know, you're going to set this guy on a course, on a, the Shep of Fools, he's going to be wagering. I think he's having more fun than he would be if he was downtown having adult beverages with his compadres, works for the University of Cincinnati, and he's enjoying every bit of wagering. I love to see young people involved, because that's how my dad got me hooked into it. He didn't have to twist my arm. I saw the love that he had in his eye for it, and it actually passed along to me. And I really like each and every week. Last weekend we had uh, 
had a little time together that we actually did some handicapping together. So long story short, take somebody to the track that hasn't been. Take a younger person. Take somebody that hasn't been in a while. Reintroduce the game. This is the best time of year for it. Summer sun, the grass races, the big races, everything coming to a midsummer perfection note. Take somebody to the track again. Get them back in the game. What's in store for tonight? We're going to have a recap of last week's races. I'm going to do this real quickly for you here. Got a bevy of them. I think it means a whole lot. We're going to talk about some biggins. Got two special guests this week on tap. Now, I'm hoping for two because it's a big weekend at Colonial Towns, and I've been lucked out to have two huge guests. Yes, two. And hopefully both of them can find time in their schedule. One to lead us off in segment two will be longtime lady of racing, second leading female rider behind Julie Crone, Ms. Romary Homeister, making a return. Then we'll be talking to Mr. Graham Motion about 30 after the hour. Trainer of Breeders' Cup turf owner, better talk now in 04. Has the 7 to 5 favorite check the label in the Virginia Oaks. Hopefully we score and get a chance to talk to both of them. Be a lot of fun. And then we usually do a little bit of news and some final furlong handicapping. i got to tell you, I feel really good going into this weekend. So write them down in pen, not pencil. And I can't say that they're all going to be 93 to 1, but take what you can get and count on winning ponies for the rest of the action there. And I think that you're going to be happy. So big doings on the front. And let's do a little quick recap, if we can do it quick. We got the Man of War last week, July 10th, a grade one at Belmont Park. Winner, Gio Ponte, back in the winter circle. Ramon Dominguez wins by a neck, brief traffic, paying 280 to win. Calder race course, race five, July 10th. Big doing Senate Calder. The Bob Humphrey on the turf, five on the turf, that is. Winner's the one, Tahoe Warrior Edgar Prado in the arms, winning by two and three parts of a length, going away. 680 for Rudy Rodriguez. Terry New York in half, and he's down at Calder. Loving that. I remember when Rudy was, was a rider. He was okay as a rider. He's incredible as a trainer. I mean, kudos. Calder race course, race six, J.J.'s Dream. Five and a half on the dirt, 100 grand. Winners of the four, Awesome Feather. Jeffrey Sanchez wins by half a length, bumped into start up late, 740 to win. Nice price. You wouldn't throw 740 away if you found it on the ground. Called a race course in the seventh of Frank Gomez Memorial. And there's a lot of memorials. Five and one half on the dirt. $100,000 guaranteed. Winner is the two. Little Drama. Avar Koa wins by nine and a half inside, drawing off 680 to win for David Fox. Eighth race. Calder. Grade three Azalea Stakes. Six on the dirt. Winner is the eight. Pika Slew. Manny Cruz. Off the rail, drawing Claire, two to one, six bucks for the win. Called a race nine, the carryback, a grade two, six on the dirt, $200,000 up for grabs. Stephanie Bone, huge one to nine favorite. Uh-oh, upset time, winner's the one coffee boy, Jermaine Bridgeman, scooting right up the rail. He couldn't throw a playing card through the rail he came up. Rail rallied late, up late, paying 1080 to win for Marty Wilson. Tenth and Calder, the smile sprint. Six on the dirt, the ten. Big drama, Abarcoa. 
Wins by a length and a half, 560 to win. David Fox. 11th race to call her the Princess Rooney of Grade 1. Winners of three, Jessica is back. Elvis Trujillo. Elvis is in the building, and he was there up late going away. 19 bucks to win for Marty Wilson again. Marty Wilson. I just thought he was just a, just a king of the turf, but no, 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 no. He can flat out get it done everywhere he goes. Hollywood Park, race six, the triple Brend. Bend. Brend. Bend. Grade one, seven on the all-weather, $250,000 guarantee. Winners the one, Easy's gentleman, Martin Pedroza. Three and a quarter lengths inside bid, lead and clearing, 980 to win for Bullet Bob Baffert, the money man himself. How would you like to be his wallet for about a week? Hollywood Park, race eight, the Hollywood Gold Cup, a grade one, mile and a quarter on the all-weather, 500000 bucks. Up for smoke here. Winners of three, awesome Jim David Flores in the Irons, winning by half a length. Rail trip, led very game down the lane. 18 bucks went for Craig DeLossi, incredible trainer there. Monmouth Park, race 10, the Battlefield Stakes. Mile on the turf, $100,000 guaranteed. Winners the eight, Violin Sacre. Pablo Fergasso wins by a dirty neck. Rallied four wide. Great rally. I watched this on video. This was good. 980 to one for Patrick B. and Cone. Monmouth Park race 11 Long Branch Stakes, a mile and 16th on the dirt. Winners of three trap shot. Alan Garcia by two and a half lengths. Stumbled at the start inside, paying three bucks to win. Kira McLaughlin, trust me, trap shot's going to be the surprise of the summer for bigger and better things. River Downs race 11, the Hoover Stakes. It's a $50,000 guaranteed. Winner is the five. No Galek, Dean the Dream Service in the Irons, three and a quarter lengths, well handled, clear. Very nice little runner here. Second was Rockwell Torrey, and I want you to mark that one down. Orlando Mojica ran second and nine to one, vibe between a no match, but no garlic goes on to win five bucks for William Dougie Cowens. That's another name I want you to write down. Dougie Cowens, I think, can write his own ticket. I know you, you want to say uh, there's many trainers out there that can. Speaking of somebody who can ride their own ticket, she's actually in hold. We're going to get to her here shortly. That's Miss Rosemary Homeister. You know, I, I, I chatted with her just briefly on the phone, and, and this is the second time she's been on. When I hang up the phone with her, I feel better than when I actually just picked it up before because she's just, you can just feel the energy and the vibe rolling through. But you're going to get... All you want to miss Rosemary here shortly. She's got her own website. We're going to talk all about all that stuff. But I guarantee when you hear Lady H's voice on the line, you're going to like it because she brings a lot of energy to the game. Let's talk about the biggins here. Friday, July 9th, 138 total biggins. Lone Star was a leader, $7,500. That's pretty good shooting down in the Lone Star State. And then on Saturday, July 10th, 226 total biggins. $4,860.60 for Calder in race 10. Now, that's pretty good picking. Those are pretty good predictions. Sunday, July 11th, 161 total biggins. Lincoln, Nebraska, race four, a super box, 8346 even. That must have been the entire pool there. Monday, July 12th, 62 total biggins. Delaware Park leads the pack, race number three. A super fat to keep, $4,022.60. Tuesday, the 13th of July, 60 total biggins. Prairie Meadows races 4, 5, and 6. Races 
four, five, and six. That means pick three time. Four thousand three fifty five forty. Wednesday, July fourteenth, forty nine total biggins. Indiana Downs race six, a superfecta key. Three thousand nine thirty two eighty. Thursday, July fifteenth, thirty total biggins. Leading the card so far because there's races still out there. Calder races five through eight, a pick four. 1,813.20. That's pretty good shooting there. These guys are holding their own. I've enjoyed being with them. I'm holding my own. Now, are you holding your own? Because it's never too late to jump on board. You've heard the pitch. You've got to just dig it up yourself and find out. Anyway, we got ourselves a big night, and if you're just tuning in right now, we've got Rosemary on hold. We're going to get ready to head out to our first break. And when we return, we're going to have Lady H herself. She's taking time for a busy schedule. She's going to be with us. And trust you me, she brings a lot of energy to the game. Miss Rosemary Holmeister will be our guest here on Winning Pony. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar double round the crown and everybody's getting down. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's out. 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you so much for being with us each and every week, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you live on, and hopefully you know which one that is by now. This is my favorite part. This is our second segment, and each week we have a special guest on with us. This week is no different, as we have on the second all-time leading female rider, incredible rider in her own right, male-female can ride on broken glass, turf, dirt, poly, you name it. One of the most positive people that I've had the pleasure to meet, Miss Rosemary Homemeister. Rosemary, are you there? Yes, how are you doing, Ed? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking your time out of a busy schedule. Anytime. And you know, you know, I was looking at your, first off, let's start off before we even get into you. You have a website up, and I was looking at it today, and, and I have to get, if you designed it yourself, kudos, or whoever did it, it is a terrific website. Thank you. I try to update it as much as I can. Sometimes I don't get to it as often as I should, but I try to keep my fans updated on where I'm riding, um, how I'm doing at each particular track that I'm at. I think there's uh, it, it is a super marketing tool, and you're doing an incredible job. And uh, give us the website so we can take a peek at it for our listeners out there. It's www.jockeyrose.com. It's that easy, and I took a look at it. I think you're going to be really impressed with it. You can take a look at all her stats there, and trust me, she's going to be tough to tough to snip at because her stats speak <laughs> for themselves because they're really daggone good. Well, Rosemary, this is a big weekend for you, and uh, it's going to be hot. But before we get into any part of that, uh, riding for you began as a family tradition. Tell us a little bit about Lady H. Well, my mother and father were both jockeys at one time, and my father had ridden um, more in the Midwest. His name was James Holmeister, and he won over like 500 races. My mother, she's um, now a professional thoroughbred trainer, Rosemary Holmeister. That's how I got the junior because we had the same exact name. Um, she trains down at Calder Racecourse, and she had ridden for a brief time, and she had one win called Winning News. And my mom has taught me everything that I've needed to know in horse racing, actually just to get me started, and she's one of my biggest support systems throughout my whole career, including my grandparents as well. Where does all, did you get it from both parents, or is it just your professionalism? Where does all the pep and vinegar come from you? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I mean, um, I think a lot of it came from my grandfather, Frank Sanji. He was always very happy, very positive, always telling me to be nice to everybody and to be a good person. And I guess just the people that I surrounded myself um, while growing up that were very happy and positive. And um, I just try to keep that same energy. I try to bring the energy to the racing industry and the people that I surround myself with because I – 
I think it's very hard to, it's very easy to be negative and to keep a positive attitude. You kind of have to work at it, but once you got it, you got it. I think Grandpa was really right. It, it's nice to be important, <laughs> but more important to be nice. And, and I think he had it right there, and it's working out in spades for you. Uh, you're a talented journeyman rider, and, and, and I, or journeywoman rider. Do I have the correct journeyman uh, rider? Jockey is fine, whatever you want. <laughs> rider, jockey. <laughs> Either uh, way, it's uh, fine. We'll just call you to the winner's circle. Anything, or anything goes right there. Can you remember any and all of the tracks you've ridden? Uh, you want me to name them all? <laughs> sure. I, I, you know, I was kind of curious. I mean, a lot of riders can't remember. I've ridden in the last three years probably at about 20 different racetracks. Wow. Um, all over the United States, also Canada. Um, last year, my biggest race was riding in the Breeders' Cup in California on Cloudy's Night for Jonathan Shepard. But mm-hmm. I had ridden in Kentucky, Indiana, um, New Jersey, Delaware, uh, Maryland, um, Pennsylvania, Virginia, um, New York. Let's see. Which is your favorite? Which, uh, if you had to pick one, which is your favorite? Um, lately, I'd have to say uh, Florida, Tampa Bay Downs. I absolutely love that racetrack. It's, I love the area of Tampa. Um, I just think it's, it's fun. It's got a lot of energy. The crowd that comes out, it's they're very personable. They're able to, like, really come up close to the, the jockeys and r- basically right to the track to see the horses. I mean, it's just got a great layout. I think um, that it's actually gotten a lot of recognition. A lot of the top trainers from Gulfstream and Chicago and Kentucky, they all ship in to run at that track. And a lot of good horses have come from Tampa um, after the winter meet, going on to win big stakes races um, in Keeneland and Chicago and anywhere else that they decide to run. So it's a pretty good surface. It's a sand-based track, and I think they get very, a really good fitness from it. I've heard nothing but good things. And the late George Steinbrenner, who passed away this past Tuesday, actually was an owner at one point and uh, sold it uh, within the decade that he actually purchased uh, Tampa Bay Downs, but changed a great deal and uh, once known a long, long, long time ago for, uh, for some underhandedness, Tampa Bay was at smaller time level. But I'm telling you, when it was written up in the daily racing form, it's one of the best tracks to play for field size, for competitive jock colony. I agree. And, and plus, it, 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 and I'm not trying to throw a jinx out there, you had their number down there. <laughs> Thank you. I just, you know what? It's a lot of luck. It's a lot of getting the right mounts the right horses, um, riding for the right people, and just getting your name out there to, you know, a lot of places like Gulfstream Park, a lot of those trainers um, ship in to Tampa Bay Down, so you want to keep your name out there, keep calling the trainers. Um, I try to keep in touch with some of the owners that I ride for, and usually when I do ride a race, win or lose, I'll text the trainer or the owner or both, or give them a call and let them, you know, give them the feedback on their horse, how the horse ran, and that I would love to ride the horse back. My gosh, professionalism through and through. And, and, and as an owner, I'm sure that they really appreciate it. And as a trainer, they appreciate the feedback so they can prepare with you down the road. You're the second leading female rider of all time behind Julie Crone. Only five ladies compete in the Kentucky Derby. Did you see this from a young girl from Florida to these aspiring lofty goals? Um, I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't think. I mean, you always ha- set your goal. I just always set my goals very high. 
I've always wanted to ride in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, if anybody had ever asked me, you know, what is your ultimate goal in racing? And I would say wanting to ride in the Kentucky Derby. And thinking that I would get there, I never knew. I mean, you just don't know. But I always had, I was very determined to get there, and I'm very determined to get there again, and hopefully it'll be a winning mount this time. But I set my goals high every year on how many races that I want to win and how much money I want to make. And thank God the last two years I've been accomplishing my goals and even um, surpassing them a little bit towards the end of the year. So I think it's just, it comes, the fundamentals is having a really good agent, which I just changed agents, and I have um, Marcus Guidry. He's the son of Mark Guidry, the George Wolf Award winner. And he's doing an excellent job. I've had him about two weeks, and the first week of um, working with him, we've had, we had 10 winners out of 22 races. So we're doing really good, and um, it's team effort. You know, the jock and the agent, you have to communicate to be able to figure out which horses we want to ride. You know, I'm on the horse. He can look at numbers in a form and, you know, say, oh, this horse is a better horse, but if I've been on the both horses that we're trying to pick in between, you know, between the two, you know, I can say, well, you know, this horse felt this way, and I think even though his numbers are a little better, I think this other horse feels much better, and I feel like he's coming to his peak. So, you know, my input for him helps him a lot of times pick the correct horse to ride. So, and then after the races, we usually go over all the races that I rode, how the horses ran. We get in touch with the trainers either that night or the next day to thank them and try to hustle the horses back to ride. I'm sure that they appreciate that and and uh, and, and, and long-winded thank yous. Uh, you know, <laughs> when when you actually give them uh, give them the feedback that they need. As of 7:14, July 14th. Now, this is according to Equibase. You were one behind Horatio Caramanos and finished second at Tampa to Daniel Santano. Is Colonial going to be your meet with luck with the racing gods? Well, I hope it will be. I was leading uh, before I got a five-day suspension. <laughs> um, I was up, I think, by four wins at that point, and since I've been off um, for this five days, uh, Eric Camacho and Horatio Caramanos have gradually creeped up on up to me, and Horatio has actually won um, race, one win ahead of me so far. But they're off Thursday and Friday, so Saturday I ride 11 races, Sunday I ride 8, and Monday I ride 9. So I got a lot of chances to try and take back that title. And I I will be focused and (laughs) aiming for that title. (laughs) I was going to ask you, how are you going to do that? I believe I counted at 11 out of 14 races. It's going to be hot. I mean, you you have to be in tip-top shape. How do you prepare it, especially coming into a day like this? You're riding uh, the stakes races, the Virginia Oaks, the Derby, the Kittens Joy, the Tips, the, the Chenery. How do you prepare and get yourself focused? Um, I usually get to the room about two and a half hours before post time. I have a lot of music on my iPod. I get myself in a mental state, and I turn on the music, and I start going through my program. And actually, tomorrow night, I'll be going through all my races. I'll be watching replays of the horses that I'm riding, especially in the big stake races of the ones that I have never ridden before. And it just gives me an idea of um, how the horse will be breaking out of the gate, what kind of positioning, or, you know, is the horse going to be rank or easy to position in the race. And I just kind of, I'll sit down, I stretch for about 20 minutes, and I just focus on each race, go through um, the program just to see what, where I will be pretty much in the race, who has speed, 
uh, who's going to be in my way so I don't get stuck behind them. Okay. And after I do that, I just exercise for about 20 more minutes, and then I'll sit down and watch the replays and just relax for about a half an hour before I race. Well, speaking of uh, relaxing, don't relax too much because the gentleman that's going to follow you as trainer Mr. Graham Motion is actually going to be joining <laughs> us. It was, uh, so don't relax too much because he uh, actually has the favorite in the Virginia Oaks. I had to ask you, I was watching on video uh, in the 10th at Colonial Downs, the Kitten's Joy on Saturday, Vanquisher. Now, I was watching on video. Now, I could be wrong. Did you have to steady up and, and wait a little bit inside for room here on Vanquisher? Yes, a lot. Um, I got really lucky because the jockey right to the outside of me, he heard me scream because the outside field of horses just came quickly over on top of him and pushed me down, slamming me into the rail. And if it wasn't for him um, pulling his, like checking and pulling his horse out just to give me enough room to get out of there, I probably would have went over the rail. So, you know, if you look back at a few of Vanquisher's races, this horse has a lot of heart. He has a lot of ability. Greg Griffith has done an excellent job in conditioning him. Um, he just seems like he always gets an inside post, and he always, for some reason, he always breaks well, but he's got that just enough speed to kind of get himself in trouble. Like he's right in that halfway point to where he doesn't, you know, the speed will come over on top of him and then kind of the middle horses. So my goal with him is to try to get a sharper break and try to get him positioned a little quicker to where I don't get shuffled back or shuffled back into the rail again like I did the last race. And once I could do that, he's very easy to maneuver. He's got so much class. He's got a lot of talent, and he's pretty easy to ride. I just have to get a good trip, and I think he'll be very tough in this race. Looked really good. Six-year-old son, Gelbison of Galch, uh, exits out of the DeHaas stakes. Uh, you just lost by a dirty head there uh, after a troublesome trip there, but a best of luck and a uh, safe, uh, safe trip there. Rosemary, if I may ask one final question for a rider who is doing very extremely well, and I know that's not the proper uh, English verbiage or whatever have you, you're doing extremely well. And Thank for you. a mostly male-dominated sport, uh, and there's, there's so very few female stars. That, I mean, there's a few that are out there that are sparkling. But for a mostly male-dominated sport, do you have any words of wisdom for aspiring young ladies who look to follow in your footsteps as a jockey? If, if you want to become a jockey, you have to be very focused, very disciplined, and just lin listen to your mentors. Watch specific riders. I mean, there's a few riders, and they are male, that I will watch for their different riding styles, how they position their horses. Um, you know, it is a male-dominant sport, but it's men and women also competing against each other on an equal playing field. And the main thing, I think, in this business is to stay very focused because it is very physically and mentally challenging. Um, you have a lot of ups and downs, probably more downs than ups. But as long as you can stay focused and positive and just put in your mind, I'm a winner, I'm a winner, and you will get to that winner circle. Well, that we are looking for. 11 out of 14 races on Saturday, so we're going to be counting the times that uh, <laughs> Lady H, if I may call you, uh, will be making her way into the winner's circle. Uh, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for your time because I know it's definitely of the quick, and we wish you the best on and off the track, and have a great Virginia Derby Day. Thank you. Can I also just say thank you and a shout-out to my mother, Rosemary Holmeister and her boyfriend Frankie and my best friend Nikki Smith. I love you, girl, and her daughter Samantha and her husband Eric. They are a great support system for me, and they have been 
with me through the colonial meet, through my ups and downs. And I just want to thank thanks to my agent, Marcus Gidry, because I know that we're, we make a great team and we're going to kick butt. You got it. Lady <laughs> H, thank you. We wish you nothing but the best of luck, girl. Thank you. Have great luck on Saturday. Rosemary right, Hohmeister joining us, and it's time for us to head up to a break. When we return, we've got a true gentleman of the turf who's going to be joining us, Mr. Graham Motion, here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to join us. Just had Rosemary Holmeister, Lady H on. She's just a pepper. I'm telling you what, she just brings a lot of energy to the game. Joining us now as our second guest, and we're very pleased and proud to have him on Winning Ponies, Mr. Graham Motion. Graham, are you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me, Ed. 
Well, it's the pleasure is ours, sir, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, you know, it's it's got to be hot in your neck of the woods. And uh, coming into Saturday, you have the uh, Virginia Oaks, uh, and you have the 7-to-5 favorite. Check the label. Yeah, I'm excited about running her. We're going to ship her down tomorrow morning, try and beat the heat. Um, it gets awfully hot down there at Colonial, which I think is tough on these horses. So, so we're going to get her down there, get her settled in, so she'll spend the night down there tomorrow night. Your seven to five, Ramon Dominguez in the iron, dropping, uh, dropping in class a bit from the Sands Point, a Grade Two race at Belmont Park. Uh, when you went back home, I'm assuming you went back home. Uh, did you get uh, did you get the rest and, and the focus that was needed for this real filly? Yeah, I mean, the thing I like about about the Virginia Oaks is it's given us a lot of time between races. And I think, you know, this filly is, I think she's already run, this will be her fifth time or maybe her sixth time this year. So I was anxious not to come back with her too quickly after running such a big race in New York. Well, it looks like, uh, looks like she's been doing very well uh, and, and more than holding her own 2010, four out of five in the money and uh, and just bringing her along just gently. I I'm really excited to see her, and uh, I would only hope for seven to five from a from a punter standpoint. Ramon Dominguez, every time uh, we, we've been lucky enough, we've had him on board as a guest. Uh, he, he's quite a nice rider. He is. He, he's one of the top riders. Uh, I'm tickled that we got him on this filly. Um, you know, everyone that's ridden her has done a good job. But Ramon and I go back a long way. We have a good rapport. Um, he, he seems to get along with my horses very well, and. I, you know, I feel very fortunate that he's going to come down and ride her on Saturday. Well, I'm very pleased as well, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Grandma, usually you start off asking uh, our newest guest, and uh, and that being you, uh, for this portion here. How did you find your way into the sport of kings? I was sort of born into it. My family were very involved in the business. My mother actually uh, was one of the first ladies on the on the racetrack Um she was one of the first women on the racetrack at Belmont back back in the day. So it's kind of in my blood. My father was a, was a bloodstock agent, and we moved over to this country when I was a, a teenager. And really, I've been involved uh, ever since I left school. The first job I had out of school was working for Jonathan Shepard, actually. Actually, he was one of our guests. Uh... I'm going to say about three or four months ago, what, what a kind gentleman. He took his time. I believe it was from 85 to 90 you worked with this outfit. What, what was it like you were working with Jonathan Shepard? Yeah, I like to think of it as actually my five years in college was working for Jonathan. I didn't go to college, so <laughs> that was really my college education. It got me ready for the next step. Um, it was a great opportunity to learn. I think he's one of the, one of the greatest horsemen in the game, and I'm not just saying that because uh, he was my mentor. I really believe that. Um, I think he's one of the one of the the true, genuine horsemen that are out there today. Um, so obviously he was a great person to learn from. Well, I, for the relationship he's had with Mr. Strawbridge over the years, and to keep uh, to keep an owner uh, happy and, uh, and and to have the degree of success uh, Jonathan's had, he's always exciting to watch, especially on the on the weeds as we call them back here in Kentucky. You know, I, I, I followed your career, but it was in it was in '03 at Keeneland when I saw your first big winner in the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth II Cup. Was this your coming out party with filmmaker? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, filmmaker and Better Talk Now. I was fortunate enough to have them at the same time, and those two races sort of stick in my mind. I, I remember very well winning the QE2. It was a it was a drawn out photo finish. Um, 
that I really wasn't sure that we were going to be on the right end of. But certainly that, that at the time was, was the biggest win of my career. I remember that it, it seemed like yesterday. And then in Lone Star in 04, the Breeders' Cup turf, a special day uh, for Better Talk Now. You had to describe this moment as a condition, if you could put it in words at all, to be standing there in Texas, uh, and here you are on the biggest stage in, in the world. It, it was extraordinary. I, I can't imagine I'll ever have a day that will top that. You know, we went into it. I think we ran three horses that day in the Breeders' Cup. It was my first ever trip to the Breeders' Cup. Um, filmmaker was finished second to Ouija board, and uh, after the race, I was kind of disappointed. And Johnny Velasquez came back and said, how can you be disappointed? You were just second in the Breeders' Cup, you know. <laughs> um, and the day just got better and better. We were 27 to 1 when we left the paddock uh, for the for the for the Breeders' Cup turf, and and again we had to wait it out. There was at least a five-minute inquiry, so it was really uh, it was an extraordinary experience, something I'll never ever forget. A couple gray hairs you grew on that day, but it was well worth it. And it seems like yesterday for me, uh, when when I trace your career and and I and I try to you know try to come back of what what kind of led me you know to actually you you see name recognition and you start following along with people and. Uh, for you, as far as training and preparing your runners, where do you call home and where do you do most of your handiwork? Yeah, we train, I mean, really my base is Fair Hill in Maryland, which is sort of halfway between Baltimore and, and Philadelphia, just off of 95. Um, we have 80 stalls there at Fair Hill. My home is literally a mile away. So that, that's my year-round base. Um, we, we obviously move horses around the different racetracks. We'll be sending some to... Saratoga next week. We obviously bring horses to Keeneland, and then we go to Florida. But Fairhill is my base, and I, I consider myself to be very lucky to train there. It's a beautiful setup. It's probably a little more European style. Um, we can take our time. We can do different things every day, and I, I guess that's why I've sort of lured more more turf horses over the year for that reason. Does it have that that feel of uh, the relaxed? You're away from the hustle and bustle of the track, uh, but yet there's still business, and you you can still do what you need to do to tighten the screws down. It, but is that stress level gone? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we most of our horses go out in a, in a paddock before they're ridden. Check the label. She goes out in a in a, in a paddock about a, an acre sized paddock every day for an hour before she gets ridden, and that's. That's a huge advantage, you know, with a nervous filly that really takes the, takes the edge off them. It you know, enables them to put their head down and eat some grass and just, just be horses, really. So uh, it, it's really a great system. I, I think I consider us to be spoiled there, really. I find it hard when we end up going to the racetrack for, you know, even to Saratoga. It's so much more limiting as to what you can do with the horses. As beautiful a place as it is, it's... Uh, we we have so many more options what we can do day in and day out with the horses at Fair Hill. I took just a quick glance on the internet just to Fair Hill, and and I wanted to ask you and I and I plead ignorance to this and and is there a, is a tapita surface or is it dirt? We we have a tapita surface inside the dirt surface. The tapita is about seven eighths of a mile around. Wow! So you can train all year long right there and uh mother nature's not well, of course there's days where it's just too daggone cold to get out there but for the most part uh, you can you can get in some degree of work and uh, with the synthetic revolution uh, I, I i take it that you're you're a backer of the synthetic revolution i am i think it's a shame that we we jumped on the bandwagon so quickly with all the racetracks turning to synthetic i think had it been done a little more slowly i think 
the process would have gone smoother, if you like. Um, I'm a big believer in it. I think the training day in and day out, it's a much safer surface. And I think probably the torpedo has been proven to be the most consistent surface. I don't hear too many complaints about Golden Gate and Presque Isle. So um, getting to use it every day, I'm, I'm very fond of it as a training surface. I was actually, uh, I've been in the racing game for most of my life and had the pleasure of working at Turfway Park as well for a great number of years. Have you uh, run many, uh, many of your, uh, your, your barnroom uh, over the, over the well, I guess not new any longer, but over the poly track at Turfway Park? Yeah, we have. I mean, actually, one of my biggest wins was, was with Adriano um, in the, uh, the lead-up to the Derby a couple of years ago. Um, so I've had some success there. Uh, I, I just feel like I, you know, I, I genuinely feel like it's a, it's a better surface to be on. I just wish we hadn't rushed so quickly to, to installing them at all the tracks because I think we've had some problems. And I think on the whole, they're, they're weather-related. I, I think the synthetic surfaces... Um, in this country are just exposed to so many extremes of weather that they're not exposed to in Europe, and I think that's been the root of a lot of the problems. I've I've done a, a bit of reading over the European tracks, and it, take Kentucky, for instance. They're in a freeze-thaw zone, and uh, you know which can be just extremely brutal, but yet... You know we're undergoing the the heat that you're you're going to be uh, facing this week, and right now it's uh, almost 88 degrees. Now, I mean, in in your opinion, for a synthetic surface, does it uh, get gummy, sticky, or does it uh, not hold the consistency? Yeah, there's no doubt it changes. I mean, in the winter, um, often when it's when it's extremely cold, it tends to ball up in their feet and, and become almost like a snowball. Um, which can be a problem. And, and again, we're talking about extreme cold uh, conditions. And I think in, in the summer, likewise, when it's, when it's very hot, um, the consistency certainly changes, and I think it alters the way the races are run. Uh, I think we see it at Keeneland in particular. On, on the cold days, it seems a lot tighter than, than the warm days. And, and on, you know, on, on the, the days that it's tighter, obviously speed does a little better. So... You know, I think these are all little nuances that we have to read into it. And I think if, you know, if you were handicapping it very closely, you would notice a lot more uh, um, changes in, in the surface, if you like. You, you don't see the water trucks out there as in days of old when they couldn't get enough water onto the track. You, you'd see that cuppy, uh, that cuppy oval when uh, Mother Nature was just baking the track out there. You don't see that as much. You'll see the uh, the turf master to come and uh, kind of ruffle it up a little bit, and uh, you don't see much of a you know, of a track crew uh, perspective out there uh, really having to do a lot of work on it during the races. Oh, you really don't, and I think that's that's one of the advantages, and I think. To be honest, that some of the track management uh, have had a hard time dealing with that, or, or just realizing that you don't really need to mess with it. You know, we find at Fair Hill that probably the less we mess with it, the better it is. And I think it, it's always a temptation to want to tinker with it, but it, it's better off left alone. Mm. So if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, Graham, if I may, I, I, I've asked one more question. It's actually a two-parter. For a man who's running quite uh, quite a, a big racing operation here, who would you say inspired you the most in your occupation, in your life, and who is the most important key in the life of Grand Motion? Well, I mean, as far as the key to, to my life right now, my wife is, is an ex... You know, she backs me 100%, and I think uh, 
in this business when it's really 24/7. You know, you really need to be to be grounded. You need to have the support. It's it's a very humbling business. You can you find yourself second guessing yourself a lot in this business. It's it would be like training a football team without without having the, the the players be able to talk to you and tell you what's going on. So, you know, you're constantly dealing with animals that that can't talk back to you, and it makes it very hard. Um, as far as influences or, or or people that have helped me, you know, certainly Jonathan was was my mentor. Uh, he really taught me what what I'm, you know, everything I know in the business. And I, I went from Jonathan to work for a two-year-old trainer called Bernie Bond in Maryland, who was a uh, sort of put the icing on the cake, if you like. He sort of uh, just prepared me for the for, for getting started in the game. So those would certainly be the two the two biggest influences on me. If I may, uh, your wife, was she not working for someone when you actually uh, met her? Yeah, we actually met in France. Uh, I was working for a, a, an English trainer in France called, called Jonathan Pease, and my wife was working for uh, Anne Roy Dupre, who trains the Arca Khan's horses, and we used to pass every morning on the gallops, and that's when we met. My goodness, and you, not only do you have a great partner and someone, you actually have someone that you can go home and talk a little bit of shop to. I know you like to let your hair down, but, you know, uh, it, it's nice to bounce an opinion off of someone who knows the game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you really need that support. I heard Rosemary saying it before she signed off, and I think it's it's no different with with a trainer as it is with a jockey. You really need that, that support, the support system. It's 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 very grueling. I think you know what what the jockeys do. Again, it's 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 every day, um, and it's a very humbling business. I mean, you're always making mistakes. I think you never stop learning in this game, and and to have someone uh, you know like I do with my wife supporting you, that's uh, that's a huge part of it. Uh, you're a very lucky man, and and stick with it, Mr. Uh, Motion. I, I think you're going to go far. Graham, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule, especially this weekend. Best of luck to you in the Virginia Oaks, and uh, we'd like to wish you and yours the best on and off the track. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Graham Motion joining us, and uh, we're just going to continue on. We're going to pick right up from there, and we're going to uh, segue right off of Graham, and we're going to go right into some, a little bit of handicapping for the weekend. We were really, really blessed with having two incredible people on board, and uh, Rosemary Homeister really doing the yeoman's task, and Graham Motion, as you could hear, just one of the true gentlemen of, uh, of racing here. If you've uh, been under a rock on Tuesday at age 80, uh, George Steinbrenner, breeder owner, passes away. And uh, best known for his uh, long, successful reign as the owner of the Yankees baseball team, but also a longtime owner and breeder of racehorses, died at the age of 80 in Tampa, Florida. Notable horses, Majestic Warrior, won the hopeful in 2007. Bellamy Road, favored in 2005 in the Derby. And uh, either in his partnership, uh, Steinbrenner had six runners in the Derby. Suffered a, I mean, a bad crushing defeat with his final Derby starter, uh, Bellamy Road, who was sent off the five to two favorite, and uh, everything he touched actually uh, worked. Uh, known as the boss, uh, affectionately, uh, he's the top banana, and uh, a little bit of uh, tongue-in-cheek fun about him on uh, the Seinfeld episodes uh, as George Costanza's boss. But uh, actually, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner, you're you're definitely going to be missed, and. Uh, and I, I don't think you're ever going to be able to replace people like that in the game. It's um, enjoy them while they were here. Ran across something here in the Daily Racing Forum last week. It was uh, 
some of the best and worst names of horses. I just want to run this down real quick to you. Some of the worst names. Little E.T. And here's a horse for the year that I was born. I believe it's Cowie King. I believe it's Cowie King. Pensive. Ponder in 1949 and Lauren. Now, those were some of the worst names that they actually came up with. Now, they were actually, uh, you know, following up with uh, LoveGov as they were talking about New York Governor Elliot Spitzer. And uh, no third chance, uh, as they referred to Franklin Delano Roosevelt's third term as a president, and Sally Hemings, who is President Thomas Jefferson's, I'm going to say, how should I say, mistress? And uh, Miss Hemings was uh, a slave who ultimately was his mistress, and uh, the name was rejected. But uh, there are some other names that, uh, that kind of fit in there a little bit. Some of the best names, Black Gold in 24, Needles in 56, Spectacular Bid 79, Swale in 84, and Swaps in 55. All right, there's some of the best and worst, a little bit of news for you. We've had two great, incredible guests. And now we're going to do some firecracker handicapping here. Eighth of Colonial Downs, big weekend here. We've got the Virginia Derby and the Virginia Oaks on Saturday. The eighth race of Colonial, the $50,000 Chenry. I like the one Z Appeal, 9-5, to Kentis Hermo and Dale Romans here. Seven-length victory. Bumped at the start going wide. Went back and took a look at this two-year-old Colt by Ghost Zapper. Z Appeal draws the rail. And Kent Sleepy DeSormo goes right to the winner's circle. Ninth to Colonial, five and a half on the outer turf, the Tippet. And I like the five, and it's Molly Mingan. I didn't mention it's Rosemary Homeister, but she actually is taken off of this filly. But J.J. Castellano is on. Three for your one. Molly Mingan looks all the part in the ninth at Colonial. Tenth at Colonial, we got a couple of trouble starters. We talked to Lady H about Vanquisher, but also in there is the nine, Pleasant Strike. Four to one, J.J. Castellano for Todd Pletcher, dropping like a rock in the river, grade three, down to a $50,000 stake. I love Pleasant Strike, but I'm going to box her up. We'll box him up with Vanquisher with Rosemary's horse, and uh, Pleasant Strike gets my money, and especially at 4-1. to one. The 11th race of Colonial, the Virginia Oaks. I see it all being checked, the label. Ramon Dominguez and Graham Motion, they're, they're doing very well together, winning 19%. Dropping off there, Graham set the course there for it, 7-5. Uh, to five. Check the label. 12th at Colonial, the Virginia Derby. I love the 7 Patio Prado, as solid as they come. I gave it out last time when it paid $5. You didn't pay the rent on that one, but Patio Prado may be one of the best turfers in the country. Ninth at Belmont, the Jaipur. And it is the five formidable nine to five of Jose Lescano for Alan Jerkins. And uh, I think the six furlongs on the turf is going to be just what the doctor ordered. Then race number nine at Arlington, the Arlington Handicap, a grade three, a mile and a quarter on the turf. In here, I like just as well Julian Lepreau skipping Colonial and heading up to Chicago. I think that speaks volumes right there. So you just get a hold of all of that and enjoy the weekend and let Winning Ponies do the rest of the work for you in finding and digging out with the tier levels. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing, and this week was definitely no exception with two guests, wonderful guests at that. So until next week, we're going to be talking with Mr. Marty McGee of the Daily Racing Forum. He'll be addressing the change of climate in Kentucky and Kentucky racing. So until then, Winning Ponies wishes you and yours plenty of winners this Saturday, and may they be many. And your photos? 
may they be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.